welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. And so tonight we're going to continue our series, Don't Waste Your Life. We're up to part number four. Okay, like I said, we've had three parts before. This is part number four. And tonight I want to target in particular the youth of our church. Most of our young ones sit over here somewhere, but I want to target our youth at the moment. But I want to say to all of the adults, okay, um, please, please, please do not turn off because your role in helping our young ones is vitally important. So I need all the young ones and all of the older ones to listen up tonight. Are there any young people in the house tonight? Give me a big old cheer. Fantastic. Awesome. Are there any older ones here in this house tonight? Come on, let me hear you. Ah, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because let's face it, whether you're you're still young or you're older, for all the old ones, this is news to the young ones. We were teenagers once too. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe. But all of us older people, we were teenagers once too. For me, I got to experience my teenage years in a very incredibly unique part of time in history called the 80s. Does anyone remember the 80s? The 80s was an awesome time to be a teenager. It had some incredible TV shows. Who remembers this particular TV show? What are you talking about, Willis? Oh, we used to say that all the time. It was just, it was just saying, oh, they were the good old days. I mean, Gary Coleman, different strokes. I mean, that, that would just cheer you up. You could have the darkest day. You get home, put on different strokes, you were happy again. We all walk around, what are you talking about, Willis? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? It's uh, awesome. What about this next one? Who remembers this? What I loved about Alf is that he, hate, he hated cats. He actually ate cats. Isn't that awesome? Some great TV shows in the 80s. What about if we move to some of the movies of the 80s? Who remembers this movie in the 80s? Absolute movie classic. Remember that one? The Breakfast Club? Yeah? No? You remember that? That was like, it was like, like, you you know you're actually from the 80s because you're the only one who appreciates that film. All of our young ones watch and say, what was that all about? But a great film. What about this next one? You ready? Bueller, 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 Bueller. Remember the teacher asking for Bueller, but he's having a day off. Hence, Ferris Bueller's day off. And that was a great, great movie. This, this is my all-time favourite movie. If you were to ask me what's my favourite movie in the whole wide world, it's this one here. Have a look at this. I want you to finish this sentence. I feel the need. Pete <laughs> goes speed. No, the need for speed. <laughs> Gotta get into it. I feel the need. <laughs> great film. Anyone like Top Gun? Great, great film. What about some of the hairstyles in the 80s? 
Any ladies in our place have a hairstyle just like that, give or take? Yeah, you're just not going to own up to it. Any of the men have a mullet? Business at the front? Party at the back. That's how we rolled in the 80s, baby. And may I just say the, 80, uh, the mullet is making a comeback? Come on. Thanks to Taylor Walker and a few of the other footy legends. What about some of the passions of the 80s? Remember the shoulder pads and the happy pants? Remember some of those things? Remember that? Who had kayak shoes? Remember kayaks? They were great. Had lots of fun in the 80s with the fashion. The leg warmers. Libby Newton-John there. There we go. But probably the, the greatest thing about the 80s was the music. I still believe that the greatest music ever written in the history of music came out of the 80s. And so with the help of my friends on the back desk there, see if you can remember this one and the memories it brings back. We need some volume. I mean, come on. You remember Jump? I mean, come on. Jump was an absolute classic. 1984. Roller skating with my then girlfriend. Speed skating. Overtaking my brother. It was just awesome to jump. What about this next song? Greatest rock band in history. Come on, sing along, girls. Get your lighters out. There we go. Uh, Michael Hutchins, may he rest in peace. Great band. In Excess. Remember In Excess? I mean, come on. They were probably Australia's greatest band ever. Come on, talk to me. So they think the greatest music is Miley Cyrus. Come on, talk to me. In Excess. Come on. We've got to culture these young ones. I, tell, I said, I said, if we're going to help the young ones, I need your help in excess. What about this next one? Come on, let's have some volume. Come on. That's great. Just sing it. I see the memories. You won't be singing the songs you're singing today. You won't be singing them in 30 years' time, but these ones are classics. This next one oh, is just going to melt all the girls because it melted a young lady by the name of Courtney Cox. Have a listen to this. Come on, Maddie. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. He, he, that's, that's what he did. That's what he did. The boss, Bruce Springsteen. One more. This is an absolute Australian icon. Have a listen to this. Come on, sing along, people. <laughs> ah, yeah, come on. Of course... As with every year, not every song can be a hit. And the 80s had its few bad ones. One comes to mind. Come 
You've all just been rickrolled, all right. All right. You awake? That was just to wake you up. That was just to have a little bit of fun, a little bit of a connection there. But I want to get back to what I was originally talking about. We were all teenagers. We've all, we either are a teenager or we have been teenagers. And it's those teenage years that are pivotal in shaping your future. It's the time where we experience a lot of our firsts in life, our first love, our first breakup. It's the first time we drive a car and I could go on and on and on. But the important thing is to remember is this, that the decisions that we make today impact the way you're going to live tomorrow. And I know this to be true because I've been in ministry for many years and there are many people my age and older that would say, I wish when I was a young person, I had a church like this one. I wish I could have been taught the things that our young people are being taught today. It would have saved me a whole heap of hassle. Is that fair to say? We get that all the time. This is a church that wants to help and equip people. And what better time in life to help and equip people than in their young, formative, teenage years? Because we don't want them to get old and live with a whole heap of regret. We want them to finish well, but we also want to give them a good start in life as well. And so I believe there are some things that we can do to give them a good start in life. And I want to look to the Scripture just for a moment. And I want to turn to the Old Testament to a book by the name of Samuel. He wrote two letters, Samuel. And uh, the first letter is about this young boy. And in chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now, all the experts would tell us that Samuel was probably aged about 12 years old. So do not think that just because you are young, you can't hear from God and you can't make a difference in your life. Here is Samuel. He's a young man. He says, In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak, he could barely see. Any amens out there? There would have been more, but they didn't hear me. Um, <laughs> the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up. And went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me, my son. Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, every parent knows what Eli is thinking right now and knows how he is feeling. Think about your children. They time to go to bed. And just as they go to bed, they get up and say, I need to go to the toilet. They say, go to bed. And then they go to bed, they get up again and they want a drink of water. And he's like, go to bed. This is what Eli, he says, just go to sleep. Lay down. I did not call you, he said. A third time the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. 
And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. If I had just one thing to say to our young people today, and it applies to our older ones as well, it would be simply this. Listen to God and do what he says, that things might go well with you. And in order for us to put this into practice, there are three things that are associated with this. And I want to look at them very quickly. And the first one has to do with our surroundings. In other words, the environment that we place ourselves in. Our environment impacts our attitude. Do you know that to be true? You ultimately become like those you hang around. You become like the environment that you place yourself in. Eli was a man who was growing old in age. And this young man, Samuel, was beginning to hear the voice of the Lord. And the voice of the Lord was very rare at that time. But he ran to Eli. And on the second time, because Eli just sent him back, he ran to Eli again. Now, what you need to understand about this is the second time the Lord speaks, he speaks louder. There's a big old exclamation mark there. He's getting louder. When God is trying to get your attention about something, he will get louder. Have you ever noticed that parents, when your children aren't listening, the voice gets louder? Go to your room. It's your bedtime. If we went the first time, it wouldn't get any louder than that. But on the second time, it's go to your room. Exclamation mark. On the third time, it's go to bed. And this is what's happening. God is raising his voice because he's trying to get Samuel's attention. And so I want to say that there are some things that we can draw from from the life of Samuel and learn from to put into our lives, particularly for the young ones here tonight. Some of the environments that I think we need to uh, consider tonight and some of the places that we need to place ourselves if we are to grow in the things of God, the first one would simply be that we need to develop personal time with God. One of the surroundings that we need is to develop our own relationship with God. The prophet Eli, on the third time the Lord called Samuel, he said this, he realized it was the Lord calling Samuel and he said, I want you to go back to your bed. I want you to lay down, be quiet and listen. At the risk of sounding like an old fuddy-duddy, can I just say, even as young people, as hard as this is, I know, we've got to lay down, be quiet and listen. We have to develop our own relationship with God. God does not have grandkids. He only has kids. And he wants to be able to develop a relationship with you no matter how young you are or how old we are. We have a little rule in our home that we take no technology into the bedroom. Because the last thing I want to do going to bed is to read emails, text messages, Twitter Instagram, Facebook, and have whatever is on those uh, things in my head and causing me not to get to sleep. And so we just have a rule. There's no technology because we want to be able to go to sleep and rest. 
At the same time, when we wake up in the morning, it's not the first thing we see. Instagram, Facebook, etc., etc., etc. And I think we would do well without having it legalistically imposed on us just to have some boundaries as to where and when we use technology. We as older ones, I said this involves you as well, we need to help our younger ones, train our younger ones to know how to rest and be still. We need to teach them how to learn, teach them how to listen, because that's exactly what Eli did here in this place. And so the first thing I would say to every young person in this place is find a place and develop a time where you meet with God. I've been reading my Bible every day since the age of 15. And I've developed my own personal relationship with God. And it's what's kept me in the good times and the bad times. If we only have a relationship because of someone else's relationship with God, if that person falls, then we will fall. But I want to encourage it. Develop. Find a time. Get a hold of a decent Bible reading program and find time. The second environment would be that of church. You know, statistically, people fall away from church and God at the ages of 18 to 25. And when you do the math and you think, what's the common denominator as to why young people fall away? It's because they stop attending church. Church is an incredible environment where we can be fed. And this is where some of us older ones can come in. What I love about this story with Eli and Samuel, Samuel did not understand the word of the Lord. He needed the help of an older man to help him and to get some information off him in order to know what to do with what he was hearing. And this is where we come and we can actually help our young ones. What I love about church, it's an opportunity where young and old can get together. And it's a win for both of us. If you younger ones want more wisdom, hang around older people. If you older people want to stay young, hang around young people. Young people will keep you younger. If you want to get wiser than you are, then hang around wiser, older people. That's what I love about church life, is that we can help one another in our journey. So please, 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 don't neglect getting to church. If we're going to finish well, If we're going to live a life without a whole heap of regrets, church is a wonderful environment to grow up in. I mean, you think about what happened this morning, all the incredible advice about parenting. Last week, the incredible advice we received about husbanding and wifing. I tell you, church is an incredible environment to raise your family. And so parents, come on, let's not allow sporting activities and all these things to get in the way of a commitment to church. Another great environment for young people is youth camps. I loved growing up in youth camps. I, I could never get enough of camps. What I loved about camps is it's a time of saturation. It's a time where you get away from all the normal activities and you just get saturated with a whole heap of uh, teaching and a whole heap of fun and heaps of activities. And we have our winter camp coming up and there's a whole heap of information that you can grab on the information desk there. We've got winter camps next week for our young girls, uh, years uh, 5 to 12. You can enlist them or enroll them in the Imagine Night. It's a sleepover for all of our young girls. We want to teach them what purity is. We want to teach them what it is to be a young girl who loves God and loves people and respects members of the opposite sex and respects older people. This is an incredible environment. Parents, listen to me. This is an incredible environment. Maybe you're struggling raising your kids. This is an opportunity to come alongside us and some of the programs that we're putting on to help you. We are not here to legalistically impose these things upon you, but simply here to help. Because we want our young people 
to go from strength to strength to strength. And so please, 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 let's make the most of these events that are being put on. Also, we have a weekly youth group. There's something about getting together as a youth, hearing about Jesus and God and all those wonderful things at a teenage level. And so please, 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 environment is important. Young ones, prioritize these times. Older ones, don't get in the way of letting your young people be at camps and youth groups and church. This is going to hold them in good stead. We see that uh, Eli was a man who grew up in the house of God. Secondly, so the first area is our surroundings. We're talking about our young people getting a great start to life. So they don't have to have some of the regrets that many of the older ones had in this place. The second thing I want to look at tonight is simply that of surrender. We need to surrender. We see that Samuel, having heard the voice of the Lord, having received the wisdom of an older man, he ultimately surrenders. There comes a time in our life where we have to surrender. What is surrender? Surrender is simply when we love or fear someone else more than ourselves. The best way I can describe that is when I think about my wife and that she wants to see a particular movie that I might not want to see. Are there any men who know what I'm talking about? There's a particular movie that she really wants to see. This is what surrender is. Because I love her and fear her, (laughs) I go to the movie of her choice, not mine. That's what surrender is. Surrender is not always doing what you want when you want to. That may not, not, not sound like a lot of fun, But if you only do what you want to do, if you only do what you want to do when you want to do it, you're going to get yourself into some serious trouble. And you're going to live with a whole heap of regrets. There's something so wonderfully freeing about surrendering our life to someone who is bigger, wiser, stronger, and smarter than we are. I want to encourage you young ones to live a life of surrender to God. And the third thing tonight is that of success. Success. Everyone say success. See, the world's definition of success is so fleeting. You think about the academic achievement. You think about the sporting achievement. Here's the thing about all of those things. Eventually, someone beats you. Eventually, someone becomes better than you. No matter how good you are right now, there's always someone coming who's going to overtake you and do better than what you did. Which highlights this one thing, and I need you to catch this tonight. That the world has nothing that can permanently satisfy you or me. There's nothing in this world that can truly permanently satisfy any of us. Everything is fleeting, ultimately. But we see here, this young man, Samuel, he found what true success was. In verse 19, it says, The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. To me, my definition of success 
is knowing that God is with us. He's looking after us and he's watching over us. And I want to encourage you to reassess your understanding or definition of what success is. Because most of us, it's just temporary, it's just fleeting. But Samuel was a young man who grew up in the house of God, who had the advantage of older, wiser men around him that he could draw from their experience. He was able to surrender his life to God and to other wiser men in his life. And as a result, he experienced true success, living with God and pleasing him. He was one of those guys that people would have looked and said, I don't know what it is about Samuel, but there's just something about him. There's just something different about his life. This world, by and large, is hurting, worried about finance, worried about the future, Worry about a whole heap of things. We have an opportunity just to live in the peace that God offers on a daily basis and experience true success. i got a friend. She's sitting in this church and she works with children. And uh, in the place that she works, there's, there's a number of kids that are a little bit difficult, as with every child-minding center. But there's one kid in particular who's a little bit more of a handful than any other child. This friend of mine, Fiona, has just been, you know, very gracious with this young boy. And the mum said to her just the other day, she said, Fiona, talking about the way she treats her son, she said, Fiona, you are a godsend to me. I think Fiona is experiencing what I'm talking about, true success, living with God, living beyond just what I want to do. She could have given up this job and just got another job, but she's there to help people. And she's experiencing something of what I'm talking about here, true success, living for the benefit of others. Fiona answered, yeah, I am a godsend, and that created an opportunity to talk about her faith and her understanding of who God is. Samuel was a successful Because he listened to God and he did what he said. You know, if you're not dead, you're not done. There's an opportunity for us to be involved. Young ones, can I just say, I love you and I want the very best for you. And so commit to church. Commit to a Bible reading program. Not out of legalistic obligation, but out of an understanding of your growth and success and wisdom that will be gained through those things. Parents, older ones here, let's not hinder our younger ones. Please, let's just throw away the whole thought that, you know, it's no different for them than it was for us in our generation. I think this younger generation are fighting things that we never knew anything of or about. And right now, they don't need our judgment They don't need us pointing an accusing finger. They need our love. They need our support. They need us to be ones that are cheering them on, saying we love you and we believe in you. Younger ones, I want you to get alongside some of these old ones. Older ones, I want to see you get alongside some of our younger ones so that we can all win.
This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless. <laughs>